Welcome to Cocktails Cinema. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. I'm here with the boys. Introduce yourselves. Greg here. That's Big Splash 17. Nice to see you guys again today. <laughs> what's up? What's up, guys? I'm Shasti. I'm going to be doing some work behind the mixing boards tonight. Excellent. Nice to meet you. Got the master of the mixer back there. Speaking of mixing, yeah, it wouldn't be cocktail cinnamon without a cocktail, Josh. <laughs> yeah, you guys are the real masters of mixing, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I am the first favorite bartender, so I got some some actual cocktails for you this week. Last week we did the wine, uh, or last episode we did the wine. This week we're uh, we're working with something a little bit different. It was so fine. the movie that we watched this week was Clue. And the drink that we've paired with it is the Dark and Stormy. Mm. So I'm going to make these here real quick. Now, a Dark and Stormy uh, can be compared to uh, like a Moscow Mule, kind of. Very similar ingredients. So we have a... The major difference is we're using a dark Jamaican rum. And then we got some lime juice here. I've never had one of these in all my years. They're fun. I'm not a big fun. ginger beer guy, but I'm willing to I, take the leap. I I love mules and I love rum, so this was a this was a no-brainer. Bestiality status. You mule loving sob. Well, I mean, I do have a lot of family down south. <laughs> you got a bird mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I have made wow, my delivery. I can see why they call like to top dark off, and Like you know, a little bourbon or whiskey with some ginger or with a mule. Mm-hmm. You know, I think vodka or bourbon mainly, but yeah. But with rum, I'm. It's so curious. it's going to be a kinda different. Curious. It's going to be a different flavor profile here because with the rum is naturally going to be a little bit softer and a little bit sweeter. Um, mm. but paired you, with sir. the lime juice, it uh, it really takes on a whole different. Does this thing get garnished usually with the standard standard lime like most mules, or is it? Yeah, you can do either a lime on the on the side, or you can do a twist. Okay. Taste test. <sighs> Whoa, that is powerful flavor yeah i'm not sold if i like it but it's there well there's more rum if you want to top it up <laughs> yeah we got we, looks like we got about three two-thirds of a bottle to go through so. we can Ooh. uh we can no, upgrade no. these if you want no no okay. uh, no 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 still working on so one of my absorbing in my palate you, you doubled back on that one, one of the <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons i i really enjoy drinks that have ginger beer in them is if you if you start drinking mules and stuff or dark and stormies beginning of the night and you stick with them for the most most part you don't really hang over like the ginger really settles your stomach it helps mm. with the headache the next day is there much sugar in a ginger there's, beer there's not a whole lot of I sugar mean, in ginger beer there's a decent amount in the rum i'm sure um well there's there's a fair amount in in goslings here but for the most part ginger beer is is less sweet than like even sprite yeah um so it doesn't it doesn't hit you quite as, as bad as other soda soda mixes. I'm drinking a little bit more of it. it kind of grows on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely they're... somewhat of an acquired taste at first. Absolutely. Uh-huh. It's it's very different. Hmm. Um they they they're not they're not all that popular. Not not because they're I've bad. I've seen them on menus all over the place. I just never kind of it's not my go-to. It's it's not a it's not a drink that you would think to pair together. Mm-hmm. Like those those three ingredients. 
But in my opinion, it's it's pretty solid. Yeah, I'd you have know. to agree. I mean, like I said, probably wouldn't be my go-to, but it's a fun thing mm-hmm. to have in your repertoire for sure. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Like in, in this case, it's it it goes with what we're talking about. So it's nice to have if you're looking for for a themed drink, or it, if you're if you're having a party where you know it's it, if you're doing a, if you're doing a Halloween party or something, or a, a dark and stormy is good or to a have on deck. About Clue. Yeah, or a podcast about you Clue. Me Do we know anybody that has one of those? <laughs> I don't know. I have a raging Clue. If you uh, if you gave me this drink at your bar and just handed it to me as a customer, it would be a mystery <laughs> to what the ingredients are. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not wrong. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's this dark, bubbly thing. It is bubbly. It's, it's delicious, so it's fucking Never mind. I think I'm switching over. <laughs> no, you got to drink at least one. Uh, crap. No, I mean, and... I mean, it, it's not going to be for everybody, but I thought it was a good pairing for the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's ugly in a glass. <laughs> it's yeah. So, uh, it, it's supposed to be served either in a highball mm-hmm. or in a in a copper mug like a mule. Is. Yeah, that makes sense. Hide that color because it looks like. Yeah, it, it looks a little dirty, but I mean, that's just. I mean, anything you make with a Jamaican rum is going to come out that way for the most part, unless you're using something that's colored to hide it. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I thought we had something else to talk about. Yeah. Let me dig up my notes here. Dig the notes out, Yosh. Yeah. All right. So once again, I'm going to get us started with a few uh, a few grounding notes here. A few things that... Tick for tack. Yeah. A few real world facts, behind the scenes stuff. Um, so Clue was released in 1985. It was directed by Jonathan Lynn. Uh, his claim to fame is... Uh, my cousin Vinny, he directed that. Oh, okay. Um, but other than than Clue and my cousin Vinny, those are kind of his only two big projects. He did uh, Sergeant Bilko too. Oh, did he really? Yeah, Steve Martin. That I didn't see. But that, that okay. was all, that was considered a flop. Like yeah. whatever else he did after Clue. Even though I liked yeah. that movie. Well, I, I mean, no, I loved I loved it. But I'm just I loved yeah I loved Clue too. But that was kind of we'll definitely be getting yeah. to this. But Clue was a flop too. Exactly. Clue Clue failed hard. It bombed. Yeah, especially with the uh, you know the. Mm-hmm. Star-studded cast. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty big one there. But I'll yeah, let you go it's, on. it's it's it was a passion. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. It was a passion project. Um, so it was written by John Landis uh, of like National Lampoon and Blues Brothers fame. Um, he is, as far as comedy went in the '80s and '90s, his name was on fucking everything. Yeah, he was man. he was all over the place. Um. I'm feeling dark and stormy. Yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. Now this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of open up the discussion because because we can't do the behind the scenes stuff without talking about the cast first because there were a few minor shakeups in the cast as when they were you know pulling people together. For the most part, everybody was that was cat like Martin Mull who plays uh, Colonel Mustard. He was the the original choice for that. There were two roles that were recast or were had some some opposite or some uh competition the first is actually tim curry tim curry was not the first choice he was not the second that choice seems either seems like um we, we talked about that last week too yeah yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's become a theme <laughs> I, I there's the misfit island of movies yeah it, it's, I'm, I'm sure it happens in every, any movie you're casting for you're not going to get mm-hmm. everybody you want but i have some interesting stuff to add to that later too as far as other actors but tim curry no tim curry yeah. like it that role was it was offered to john cleese it was offered to uh shit there were a couple other people I'm, I'm blanking on but yeah his his role as wadsworth was was written for someone else but he gobbled it up when he got it um and then 
Fozzie, your favorite, uh, your favorite character here. Oh, he must be talking about Yvette. Yvette. <laughs> um, Anybody else had a... Yeah, she's yeah, real popular kind of around the square table here. Because <laughs> she, she's, she's my favorite, too. She's, she's yeah. She, she's let herself go she, a little she's, bit. She's beautiful, but... and she did a great job in this movie. But Agreed. other than Clue... Who's the... the what, do you, what do you call him? The costume... You know, like I, I don't know if that guy should get a raise for, <laughs> yeah. her, for, her, for that set hanging the, out. The the set director and the costume directors. Who's um, the set I'd director? have to look. I'd have to look. I meant off her set. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> That's gonna be a theme. Honestly, I didn't do my homework completely on this one. I'm gonna be right out there. <laughs> It's been a few years since I've seen it, so it's going to be the event. But you show remember event, which is <laughs> yeah. it's important. Yeah. She's in like every scene, so <laughs> you probably remember most of the movie. All right. Well, then no, and it's oh. it is one of those movies that like you can just it sticks with you. It's it's very divisive. Like you either love or hate this movie, but it sticks with you. So you on. brought her up because what was your next talking point about her? Well, I was she's just next in line. Okay, because I was, was going to say list. I was going to wait till later that. Um, in the sense that she also was not the first mm-hmm. choice. No way. I mean, probably, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like we said, it's a common thing that happens. But um, uh, Carrie Fisher was their first choice. Uh, Carrie Fisher was on tap for uh, Miss Scarlet. Miss Scarlet, I'm yeah. sorry. So Miss Scarlet's actually, that's a good lead-in. So Carrie Fisher was originally, she was actually cast as Miss Scarlet. Mm. And as you know, most of the world knows, uh, she had some, some personal addiction yeah. issues. And she... Uh, she bravely stepped away from the project to take care of her health, um, and and to get she probably went to some badass inpatient program. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, she struggled for a while. Yeah. And this is probably this is 1985. This is right after Star Wars, so she's a huge star. Yeah, she's got all this money. She's still only maybe 25. It's probably better she didn't end up taking this this movie. Yeah. and took care of herself instead. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree, and I'm glad. Yeah, because we got a bet. Well, Miss Scarlet, which is oh, Madeline yes. Kahn, yes, which is Kahn. your other lady love in this film. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's just funny. I like her. Like she's, I was talking about before, Blazing Saddles, her character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. She's, she did a lot of work with, uh, with Mel Brooks. She did, like, Young Frankenstein, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so those are, those are the two roles that were really uh, up for grabs when this movie was made. But, like... Christopher Lloyd as Professor Plum, he mm-hmm. was first choice. Um, Michael McKean as uh, Mr. Green, he was he was the first choice for that one. Like M- Michael McKean, you were saying like all those mockumentaries like uh, this is Spinal Tap and uh, Mighty Wind, Mighty Wind, Best in Show, like yeah. Uh, modern modern viewers will possibly recognize him from uh, Good Omens as uh, Lieutenant Shadwell. Better Call Saul too. Better Call Saul, yeah, well. yeah. Um, yeah, he was great in all those original mockumentary movies, which you know what I he's mean. He's got that poise. Office to came from, and mm-hmm. you know everything else. But he's still but, got that punchable face. I don't know something about that guy. That's 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 the, that's the yeah. role that he plays <laughs> well, though, in, in everything. Like, yeah, all, a lot much, of yeah. things, <laughs> like yeah. But it's the face. Even in this, you know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. he's got a very punchable face in this movie. <laughs> he poisons. He poisons like he's a gay guy, and then at the end, you know what I mean? He's like yeah. just kidding. I'm a cop, just like, oh, I want to punch you even more. <laughs> this, uh, this movie, it, I couldn't figure out if it was, if it had aged well or if the jokes were just, just snarky enough to be okay still. Yeah. It's one of, it kind of rides the line. He makes, to, absolutely. He makes this and film. that might be the key. 
is Tim Curry can get away with those jokes. Yeah, I mean, he, Rocky Horror Pictures, he can do whatever the hell he wants. I mean, he's... <laughs> so who, who played Miss Scarlet? Or Madame Scarlet? Ms. Uh, Madeline Kahn. No, no, no. That's that's Miss Scarlet. No, that's Mrs. White. Yeah, Scarlet is... Leslie uh, Ann Warren. Leslie Ann Warren. I, who I thought was Susan Sarandon. Like my entire, oh, I've got my, my notes entire, backwards. I got my notes backwards. No, yeah, yeah but... Um, I thought Miss Scarlet was Susan Sarandon. It's I just watched <laughs> so it the other wife, day. Yeah. I I was like, wait, that's not Susan. But she's like the mannerisms mm-hmm. and the, all the yeah, pearl clenching yeah. and the facial expressions, which she's got down. But like, mm-hmm. it took me it took me like twenty minutes in the movie. Two, yeah. two days ago when I was watching, I'd be like, oh my god, I like. Well, it's, this movie's got a couple of those actors where you they, they're just that recognizable face, like Martin Mull. You you don't realize that mm-hmm. it's. That he's in a lot of stuff. Yep. Like, off t- the top of my head, I can't think of a whole lot of his, his roles. But he's everywhere. And confused for other people. Like, growing up, I used to confuse him for uh, uh, Mr. Holland's Opus. What's his name? Uh, uh, Dreyfus. Uh, Dreyfus. Yeah. yeah. Richard. I, I don't know why. They don't really look alike. But Martin Mull's just got that face that's confusable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that works with the, with the movie, because this thing is just confusing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, rounding off the cast, uh, at least the, the primary cast. Um, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Body. Well, yeah, who played Mr. a vet? Body. Who played a vet? Bring up uh, her name. Colleen Camp. Okay. Colleen Camp. She was uh, in what? Wayne's World. And, yeah. Um, was she? Was Apoc- she the babe in Wayne's World? Apocalypse. The, the She's in Apocalypse now. And no, she wasn't the hottie. She. I forget her, her character name. She's, she played a lot of small bit parts mm-hmm. in those projects. Like, even in Apocalypse Now, she's just kind of a, a blink and you'll miss her character. Um, well, I mean, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's a forgettable mm-hmm. role. That's but got that's, a lot going on, too. Yeah, that movie's <laughs> got a lot more going on than, than her character. Um, just rolling through the last couple of names I got here. So, leaving uh, of... Uh, fear, fame, Mister Body, played Mister Body, Mister Body, and uh, he does seem a little bit out of place in that in this movie. A little know. bit, he's a little really bit, in it and too that, much, but that does factor into the plot. Like he's he's a mystery piece. He's a clue, a clue that that has to be has to be slid into place. Um, but he's he's a he's a guy whose stage name is a pun, mm-hmm. playing a character whose name is a pun. Mm-hmm. He's the dead guy, Mr. Body, mm-hmm. leaving. It's just, I think they did it on purpose. Something like that. Or just <laughs> fell in the right places. And then uh, for those of us who grew up watching reruns of MASH with our folks. Every morning before school. Uh, the cook was played by Kelly God, Nakahara. Okay. She was in was something she in like... MASH? Uh... I'm not sure. Okay. When I was looking her up, it was like, I, I haven't watched MASH in probably 20 years. Yeah. But I, like I said, I watched it literally every yeah. day. It was like 6 to 6.30. Was it was, that day. was something I, I, like we watched MASH, MASH and the old Batman, like the 60s Batman yep. Yep. Uh, on the original TV land mm-hmm. with my oh, with wow. my grandfather. Um, but yeah, her, her info says she was in something like almost 170 episodes of MASH. Oh, wow. Okay. So she was, she was... She was Klinger. A player, yeah. <laughs> she was there. Klinger. Um, so now that we've gotten through kind of the real world stuff, um, 
let's dive into the story. Greg, why don't you lead us? <laughs> so there's not really much. I mean, it isn't. It's a it's a pretty straightforward. There's a lot premise. to it. Well, there is, but it's all there's like, a lot. But it's all like re you know retracting and and if you've never played the game, that, oh, they did a really good job of a, of adapting the game for for film. I feel like enough. I've, I feel like too many people overlooked that in a sense and we're yeah. you know what I mean it got bad reviews from critics mm-hmm. they tried to do all this other stuff with it which I'm sure you'll touch on later but it's like it's it's clue you know mm-hmm. what I mean like people like want to call it the parody movie but it doesn't really parody any specific right. mystery murderer or mm-hmm. um, previous movie mm-hmm. you know like any other parody movie but it's it's well you you look at like the other quote unquote famous adaption of a Hasbro product well Specifically, board game to film is Battleship. Okay, and yeah, Battleship, yeah. Battleship is nothing like the game. <laughs> it's just a, it's just an alien navy movie, essentially. Yeah. And, and with this, like, in. you go into every single one of those rooms, you see every one of those items, you, get, you see all you those get, people, you get a random ending, yeah. a couple times, yeah. and yeah. that's it's 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 a testament to they the like Landis knew his his product, he knew yeah. what he was putting forward, mm-hmm. and. It's a little quirky. It's a little off the beaten path. It's got a cult following. Oh yeah. It's, it's it, it didn't land with the job creating with confusion with in the banter and in mm-hmm. the, just to kind of layer it. You yeah. Know, with trying to find things out about themselves, mm-hmm. each other. You're trying to figure out where it's going, who's done what. I mean, truly is a clue. Like you said, was it Landis who took over the directing? Uh, no, he's the writer. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Lynn, the my cousin Vinny guy, directed. He directed, but he—I'm pretty sure he took a different yeah. He was opportunity, hired, so he he left um, it up to Landis. He's like, you can just direct it. Well, no, it's 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 the other way around. So, okay. uh, uh, Lynn was hired as some as a as a supplementary position, right? Right. And this was his first his first real directing gig. Like they were they were waiting on the original director, and they're like. Fuck it! Why don't you just direct the movie? Yeah, like yeah. it'll save us time and money, <laughs> especially money. I'm a little hazy on details, but yeah, yeah. That's... no, it's it's it was it, from an outside standpoint kind of chaotic. But when you when you look at the inner workings of like even compared to Godfather, like we did last time, this is a way more put together uh, function from the get go. It's not necessarily a better movie, mm-hmm. but this like right. the the studio and the team were more or less set from the moment they wrote the cast list. And, that, and if we could talk about the studio work too, just as a production guy, that that all this that, that was a set. Everything mm-hmm. shot there was a set. It wasn't a mansion. Yeah. It wasn't a crib. Like even when the the singing telegram comes through, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it, like you you're already past the point of believing it's a mansion. Right. You know right. what I mean? That you're you're that well invested to it that mm-hmm. they still kind of put in that front door entryway. Yeah, with, it, it with, feels like you're inside the board where game. it starts is like in that vestibule. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, right in front in the foyer. Well, the how many foyer. how many of those scenes take place in that foyer? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. The sh- yeah. The, the entire three endings. Yeah, and I mean, if you, if you think about yeah, the, the, chandelier, the only chandelier improv scene, twice. Miss Connie had the only improv scene too. That, that far. But yes, yes. So let's talk about that. I was surprised that there was not more improv in this movie. Because, yeah. I mean, knowing Tim Curry and just how good he is off the dome, I thought yeah, they would have given him Lloyd more. Too. I mean, yeah, they're, they're yeah. both really... I mean, And the only improv scene is that ridiculous flames, 
Flames by my face. Side of my face. Flames. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> it's of all things that could have been improv. I am. It, it's it's almost a tongue in cheek moment for me. It's like, really? Right. You have these comic geniuses, and you just use this random story <laughs> where the rest of the cast is just waiting for her to finish. <laughs> Although it plays it plays pretty well into the scene. Because that's kind of the emotion that they wanted to get out of the actors anyway, where she's just going on and on and on. It's a it's a theme that they play with all all the quote unquote side women. So you've got you've got uh, we'll call it Yvette and uh, Ma- Madeline Kahn's characters the the top tier girls because those are the ones that the men in the room are focused on. So when those two women are speaking, the guys are invested. But when uh, when Scarlet and uh, Peacock are speaking, well, Con- Scarlet's the other hot one. Isn't this Scarlet? No, Con- Con's the one who was like flames, flames on the side of my. Yeah, Miss Scarlet is right. No, um, Con is the is the madam. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so she's sorry. Mrs. White. White. Yep. Yeah. Mrs. White. There's eight characters in the movie. I can't keep them straight. Hey, well, there's like I that's it gets confusing. We get, man. Yeah, this, we this keep going character is... name and then actor, actor, actress yeah, yeah. names too. So I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I this, the I, yeah, this drink is rubbing up on us. Yeah, this <laughs> drink, this drink's kind of good. It's to me firm. Already. It's firm. Right, I'm gonna keep but, up. Yeah. So those those uh, those other two characters, Scarlet and and Peacock, they're kind of treated the way women were treated back then, just like. Shut the fuck up! Like we're we're men, we don't want to listen to you. Yeah. Like you have nothing to offer. You're just telling me a story, and it's it's a very subtle kind of critique of society. And and I love when comedies do this, where it's just like we're gonna make you laugh, but hey, you know that bullshit that we normally do? Look how ridiculous it looks in in reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good old satire. And it's it's placed in there pretty well. Like the the primary bit of satire is really. McCarthyism in general. Um, like they say, I think it's three times in this movie that communism was a red herring. Yeah, but it's every, also... Every one of the endings they often It's the focus of every story they tell. Like everybody's backstory has something to do with a communist connection. <clears throat> and being set in, uh, what, 1954? Even the characters, you know, like the whatever ties to nuclear mm-hmm. physicist and, you know, congressman or whatever the heck mm-hmm. the other guy was, but... <clears throat> yeah, even that, that comes into play. With yeah, just and the and J Edgar Hoover calls and everybody <laughs> freaks out. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. A, communism was was the red herring through the entire film. It was it was a rather good red herring. You 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 don't know what to do with it because it's brought up so many times on the first watch at least. You don't know what to do with it because it's you feel like it's supposed to be important. Yeah. Can you educate me on this term, red herring? So, a red herring is a noir term that is, uh, it refers to a false clue. Can you educate me on noir? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, noir is, I believe, a French word. It <laughs> no. means uh, black. All right. Um, noir and stormy? Noir and stormy. Mm. Um, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a classic, it's a classic trope in... Uh, any procedural, any detective story, anything that has to do with a mystery is probably going to have a red herring in it. Um, I mean, going back to, to Lebowski, we had three red herrings that are addressed. 
Um, in this one, communism is the only red herring. Mm. <laughs> it's used over it and over. Bluntly, <laughs> it's the red herring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you 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 just don't know what to do with it on the first watch. So you you can't put your feet firmly on whether you believe it's it's involved or if you should ignore it until they outright tell you yeah fuck all that communism stuff <laughs> like i know this is mccarthyism and we're supposed to accuse everyone of being a communist but yeah fuck that um just as a bit of an aside i've got a note here that goes nowhere so i'd like to put it out <laughs> yeah throw it out martin mull is massively underrated in this movie he's He's always played those uh, almost straight man characters that are a, a little bit wacky on further review, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely on point in this movie. Like I think the reason he, he became plays Colonel Mustard, just so everyone's aware, right, <laughs> right. So his his character in this movie, in in my own head canon, is why he got the job as John Jean Parmesan on Arrested Development. <laughs> like it's Quality it's it's show. this character. Amped up to forty five. <laughs> so what was there between though? You know what I mean? Because for, I mean Laverne and Shirley, okay. that might have been before this. Yeah, that was first, his big. I, yeah, that was his big claim to fame. Yeah, yeah. He's got a he's got a laundry list of of roles that I just don't have in front of me. But yeah, he's he's been around. Like he's been a force in Hollywood for decades. He was in. Uh, I remember him around the same time when I saw Clue for the first time Clarissa explains it all yes he was uh, the principal yeah yeah it, one, one of those roles that uh, our generation is gonna catch yeah yeah not not something he's putting on resumes but... you know he put he played a big role in Roseanne for a while see I never watched a whole lot of Roseanne I was forced to Roseanne, Roseanne Barr is not exactly great. my favorite person <laughs> no, no yeah 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 when you get older but I'm saying <clears throat> back in the day this shit was great that was Elgin that was, yeah, that was out, that's that was true. Right here. That's true. Holy crap, I never realized that. Yeah. Just as a rabbit trail, think about all the projects that that came out that were based specifically in sh- the Chicagoland suburbs. Yeah, yeah. Aurora. Like, yeah. World. Yeah, you remember, world. Uh, I remember Grace Under Fire that took place Simmons. like somewhere. That took place in like a different suburb, but they, they the house was by mm-hmm. a school. The school me and Greg went to was right down oh, the street yeah. off Channing there. It was yeah, That's dope. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, for some reason, a ton of when uh, when you wanted to like um, a kids movie like Problem Child or something like that. Wasn't that like in that Sleepy Hollow? Dennis, no, Dennis, the Sleepy Menace, Dennis the Menace Bridge or something. Wasn't that over there? Uh, no, they did, I, they did, I don't think that took place here. I, but no, I mean people were convinced. Filmed it. Yeah, when when you want to when you want to film I'm something in, sure. yeah. I've said that my whole life, but I, I don't believe it myself. <laughs> yes, but yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> When you want to film something in in typical suburbia, this is where you go. Is is our backyard? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's, even yeah. recently, like uh, uh, Man of Steel, they filmed like my sisters were uh, were on set when they were filming the scenes in like Smallville. Extras or something? Oh, okay. No, we had a we had a friend who was an extra who's in the background. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was just like in uh, maybe it wasn't him, but like in uh, Woodstock or something. It was a really? remake or something like that they were doing from the exact spot. I could be wrong on Arnold Schwarzenegger, but another... Oh, Bill Murray. He, Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yes. He was... Yeah. He, yeah. They're, like, they're rebooting that or something like that, and they... Yeah, they were in Woodstock. Like, if, they, if, they, if they if they remake uh, Groundhog Day, I just want a shot-for-shot remake <laughs> with all new cast except Bill Murray, <laughs> yeah. and no one no one addresses the fact that he's super old. There you <laughs> go. He's just been living in that that scene. Like, that we, we're going to... We're gonna, now that I think of it, we have to watch Wet Hot American Summer next year. 
and talk about it because they make use of that trope so well. Or it's not even really a trope; it's just a trick that doesn't get used enough. Um, we were talking about something. Clue. That's right. You a, well, you said you had a, a point that was going nowhere, and it went somewhere. It did go somewhere. It, it All disappeared the way on me. Backyard. Bam. Um, Bam. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of the or the shining star in this in this movie is that is is a vet um and and after that it's tim curry um, absolutely and mm-hmm. it's job well done, he's a sir. force of nature in the, he in really the anything he touches sure. really I mean, but i seriously. mean like there's not you can't you you bring out all, like the star studded cast you're talking about and say how it was perceived as a flop mm-hmm. and kind of say all these other things but it's like you can't say anybody else in that movie was was a, a force of nature yeah and quickly going back to the communist thing uh the, it's such a, it's such a, a a common theme in this movie that I, I feel like he was he was in a, a video game in the '90s. I can't fucking remember what it is off the top of my head, but he played like the leader of the Soviet Union. And really? yeah, in a it, video game. Yeah, in, Wait, in, in an old, Street Fighter. Wait, no, 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 not Street Fighter. No, it was That's it was a, like a it was like a commanding. It might have been Command and Conquer. Um, Christopher Lloyd. I thought I, gotta, I thought you I were talking about Christopher Lloyd playing M Bison <laughs> as his like last role ever. That's what I thought <laughs> yeah. you were talking about. All right, hold on. I, I got like, to look this We're up. getting all these characters confused. Yeah, it's a tough one. Communism in space. <laughs> in it, space. It's the best damn line in the whole the whole. There's actually a fucking song called. Of course there is. Um, <laughs> so you say he was in a video game? Yeah, what I'm looking up the what? name of the video game. Stand by. I like the M. Bison um, Christopher Lloyd reference. I, I totally would never pull well, that Well, we've, we've been kind of mixing the character names and whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, totally. thought, I thought when you said Soviet uh, leader of a video game, yeah. my mind went to Christopher Lloyd like when he was sick and whatever. It was like pretty much his last role. He played M. Bison in Street mm-hmm. Fighter. Tim Curry video game. Maybe this will direct me to it. Or you're just wrong. No, I'm right. I can see <laughs> I the. I want to know. Yeah, I can I see the like, clip. Yeah. I feel like Josh isn't wrong. <laughs> it's because it's it's, it's awesome. When the he best is the best line in the entire because it was back when video games would have gameplay and then when there were cutscenes they would actually film real people mm-hmm. and he he plays the Soviet leader and he's like I'm going to the only place untouched by the evils of capitalism <laughs> space. <laughs> Uh, it was Command and Conquer. Yeah, Command okay. and Conquer 3. I was going to say, you couldn't be too far off from that. Yeah, it's... It, yeah. it's he did it again. Yeah, First but... favorite bartender. <laughs> Third favorite author. Always right. I mean, when you have no life outside of this podcast, yeah, it's no, easy to it's I'm easy saying. to have a whole I'm bunch of shit logged away. Josh. Yeah, but... He... His... His, his acting style melds so well with the dialogue in this movie and he's he's able to pull off frantic and calm in the same sentence he's a, he's able to be frantic with his movements and his speed but his his tone can be calm his, like he's so mouthy you know mm-hmm. he, he, he enunciates so well and he, yes you know just you know the one one two two one one mm-hmm. scene you know when they're trying to figure out the yeah. like how many rounds that's spent. one plus two plus one plus you one know, like how, how yeah. do you do that you know what I mean? yeah. he I, I feel like Tim Curry would have been a great rapper hundred percent hundred percent yeah he's he kind of he's kind of all over the place like that you know what I mean I feel like that's the whole vibe of the movie too like mm-hmm. it doesn't know if it's like 
uh, a mystery or a comedy mm-hmm. or you know there's so much collusion but it's funny and so much scandal but it's it's hilarious you know what i mean i feel like he embodies kind of that whole mm-hmm. the vibe of the movie a lot but yeah and yeah, I, I i think that's why um like personally in the there's an ending where he's kind of a villain and it breaks my heart. I'm like, no, that can't be the real ending. That was yeah. my favorite. I don't like, that's well, yeah, the real ending. Of, in case you guys didn't know, there was, what, three endings? There's three you official don't endings. You ahead if you want yeah. to, but I mean, just... No, we're, we, can, kinda, we can get into that. We're kind of talking and... That was, that was a key point in this movie flopping. So I, I actually listened to the uh, Siskel and Ebert review of this movie on the way over. And... Rest in peace. They, 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 they as press, they got to watch all three mm-hmm. endings. But and you said you mentioned to me that they actually sent different endings to different movie theaters, mm-hmm. which is weird. Why do you? Why do you think so they they wanted people to they wanted feedback to get to the right one, or they just wanted to they no, wanted they, that you to was make that their was the ploy. Like, yeah, okay, that was so that, that was, was a gimmick. Playing that was on the their, name, playing, yeah, yeah, that okay. was their, so they were going to get you to go watch the movie three different times. First of all, uh, so it's a monetary thing, and on on the other side of it, it was a gimmick where you could if you only went to go see the movie once and you wanted to to have a discussion with a friend about it. They might not have seen the same movie because mm. the last five, seven minutes of that film could have been different. And they were all marked. Like you could look in the newspaper at the time and they were all uh, ending A, ending B, yeah. ending C. I guess it's a nod to the board game. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. If, if it's a Absolutely. parody of anything, it's a board game. That's the thing. It's like mm-hmm. there's going to be a different. Uh, the, the, the ending's going to be different. Yeah, it's going to be random or... every time mm-hmm. who the murderer is and what weapon they use. That's completely yeah. random. So that's like, they, if I if I remember hearing right, they, they like randomize the movie theaters too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That was, that's kind of how they, they do yeah, that. Yeah, you could, you could access, in, in most areas, you could access all three endings, but they weren't all going to be at the same screen. Right. Um, and one of the things Siskel and Ebert said was, you know, this, this movie's not going to do great because of this, but... And they, they called the fact that it was going to be a great hit on tape because when it came out on VHS, they they put all three endings together like yeah. we have it today. Exactly, yeah. Now, do, they, do those just play concurrently? Yeah, okay. so so for those of you who haven't seen the movie... I've seen the movie. <laughs> for those of you who have never played the board game before, shame on you. You had a terrible child. I told you guys. It's just Yvette, all right? <laughs> um so they play they play the ending where and correct me if I'm wrong, Shasti. Where <laughs> can't look at me for this um, one. <laughs> Madeline Kahn, the madam, is is the villain in the first one. Yeah, and then in the second one, it's Miss it's Miss Peacock. Yep, mm-hmm. and then, and then in the third one, it's everybody except Mister Green. Yeah, right. Well, kind of because they, well, they all admit to have they They've all, all done something. something but yeah. Tim Curry's character is the essentially the yeah. one who's holding him up, except he's not. Yeah, he's, he's actually not, Mr. Body Mr. in that Body, third yeah. ending, or the true ending. That's my right. favorite one. Yeah. Um, there was a fourth ending written, but never filmed. Uh, both both Tim Curry and <laughs> they're both like I don't fucking remember. And Lynn don't really remember. <laughs> yeah, don't Cur- Curry kind of remembers being the total the villain in that one. Wadsworth in the yeah. now apparently there's a there's a novelization of the film that has the fourth ending in it. Um, it's. Super rare and yeah. therefore hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but in in that novelization, the the fourth ending lines up with what Curry remembers, where Wadsworth is is the murderer and he winds up killing everybody at the end mm-hmm. and walking out. That's kind of what I thought it was when I was watching that ending. That's kind of where I thought it was going because he and, lines them all up and he's like, "I'm getting out of here anyway." I mean, he, he, they they say that he says that pretty mm-hmm. much. I'm just gonna. 
set you guys up for all yeah. getting arrested. You guys all killed somebody. I'm, I'm out. He yeah. calls them all there, like, fucks <laughs> them up for hours, yeah. runs around the crib trying to Blackmails figure it out. everybody from their, yeah. you know, from their affairs to like, this, that, and the other. See, um, I know the movie. Come on. He's a damn sociopath. <laughs> it, it, see, that, that ending would have probably been my favorite, but it also would have made it a much darker movie. Yeah, like this, it's still so lighthearted that you kind yeah, of it's still a board game. You kind of <laughs> pass over the fact that a bunch of people died and were murdered just yeah. off screen. Like, you want another yeah. one? I would love another. Oh, one. Yeah, I'll make dark another. and stormy. Yeah, it's like it was a dark and stormy. It was break? a little, uh, it was a little cloudy and strong at first. Just load me up with ice. Yeah, and yeah. same same ratios. The the flavoring, the yeah. lime juice is good. <laughs> so uh, while I'm making this drink, uh, we actually have a sponsor. For this week, uh, we Grego, do. you want to read that uh, that first ad we got up on top? <clears throat> oh man, our first sponsor, Tacos, Tacos, Tacos. Everybody loves tacos, so make your way down to Tacos, Tacos, Tacos for the best burgers in the West. Yeah, Tacos, that's, Tacos, Tacos. That's right. Come down to Greg's <laughs> Burger Taco Shack. Get stand. some ground beef. I had a tacos. tomato stand. I played bass in Greg's tomato stand. Uh, I. I haven't been there in a while, but I hear they've got... Uh, I can't believe you made me read that. They've got it to... <laughs> I can. I saw it come from a mile away. I was like, Greg's about you to guys, do, I, do I sense some collusion? <laughs> collusion? Oh, mixing up another storm. Mixing. Or mixing up a drink or mixing up some tones. So. so you said it was a little bit too much ginger beer? No, no, no. The ratios were perfect. Just okay. add more ice. Time yeah. me, like... How you doing A little more bar. ice on it. Was perfect. In the bar. Perfect. Yeah, so. no, that's good. Yeah, that's good. All right, buddy. There you go. Mm. Appreciate it. That drink was brought to you by Greg's Burger Taco Shack. <laughs> tacos, tacos, taco tacos. Burger? Everybody <laughs> loves tacos. So make your way down to Tacos, Tacos, Tacos for the best burgers in the West. Mm. Hey, Taco. We'll have we'll have more ads from uh, from other sponsors in a little bit here. But let's talk uh, let's talk Clue for a little while longer. So we were we were kind of discussing uh, that fourth ending, um, and how uh, how it could have made it a little bit darker. Now, let me throw this to you, Greg. Mm. Making this movie darker and a little bit more, a little edgier, like the, the, the audience is clearly um, a little bit younger, but if you were to throw that ending in there and, and gear it more towards young adults and you know college-age people, mm-hmm. um, do you think it makes it a better film with that ending in it? You know, shock value, it goes a long way with today's generation. Mm-hmm. So I would say yes. Um, if, you know, if Mr. Body slash Wadsworth pulled out a Tommy gun and just <laughs> went Quentin Tarantino style, I mean, I think <coughs> it might have put some more asses in the seats. But like you said, it's it's developed a huge cult following. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, VHS and, you know, they're even selling DVDs, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, still to this day. I mean, it's still a... People still talk about it. It's still relevant, you mm-hmm. know, and I think... Just, I mean, just the banter, man. Like, we were talking about, you know, last week about how The Godfather did so well with that. And I don't know. It's it's a really tricky film to stay on task with because it's all, it's a lot of backtracking. It's a lot of repetitiveness. Yeah. And it's a lot of who did this, who was there. And then rewind. You didn't do that. You weren't there. Who was the missing one? You know, who's, right. who killed the cook? Who was missing in the kitchen? Like, it's a, it's a whole lot of stuff to take in, you know? So Absolutely. I think you were talking about having your first... Session, your first viewing session, I, it, it definitely deserves maybe two or three to get the whole scope of things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just because there's a lot going on, man. Like there's, it's it never, never stops. It's like exhausting at the end of it. You're like, whew, we it's, made it. It's that's a hallmark of of cult movies like this, and specifically Tim Curry cult movies. Yeah. Where you kind of have to watch them a does few times, like pretty much. like Rocky Horror is a is a yearly operation for me. Oh yeah, you know it's <laughs> it's just one of those things I have to watch every year, and uh, you know obviously everybody's everybody's seen uh, the It miniseries, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and just anything he's or uh, Muppet Treasure Island, yeah, his, yeah his, absolutely his role in Muppet Treasure Island. That's probably his most Fuzzy prestigious Bear. role. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we I got some movies lined up for uh for our Fozzie references. All right. Yeah. I think Home it's going to be around it's Christmas time. Too, right? What's that? In Home Alone 2, wasn't he the uh concierge? he you know, he might be the concierge in in Home Alone yeah, 2. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, he's like, I haven't seen that movie yeah. in years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he totally that sounds right. Say it. Yeah, um yeah. so so overall, would would you say this is a this is a movie that has some some lasting power? Well, I think it's been proven already that it does. Do you think it's a movie that warrants a remake? Well, it's funny you say that, Josh. I think there's one in the books, but yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think bringing it to today's gen, or, you know, today's generation, and I, it moves so fast where people are gonna love it this time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like we talked about before. It's but it's like anyone you. I feel like anyone you talk to, like us, like even with you, not even barely remembering it. It's like everyone that kind of loved it and perceived mm-hmm. it well. And I it's like you, you, you go back, you talk and you, about it, you yeah, but it. you go back and you like read all the the, the critics, and it's just getting torn to shit. And it's like, yeah, yeah they tried these gimmicks, yeah. tried giving you three different endings. Like now, I feel like honestly, like my hit with the kids, you get all yeah. three endings yeah. in one. Yeah. It's like in the and the movie's kind of quick, like quick pace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know the duration, but it's like yeah, by the time I, you get to the end of it and you get your three endings it's like i feel like that's what kids mm-hmm. today want yeah. you know well, what it's, I mean? it's like, only like, an, an hour like, and a half long yeah. and it, it runs like that's yeah. not it how runs. it was served well, at first and that's why it was it was ridiculed so much but, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like i feel like time moves slower back then too but if they re- yeah. if they want to remake it and really do it justice, we'll just I think make it's like it. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so Ryan Reynolds is attached to. Don't it. I don't know. Terrible. I don't <laughs> know what <laughs> role he's gonna play. He almost has to play Wadsworth. Wadsworth, Wadsworth it's gotta right, be right. your thing. But yeah. I mean, he maybe he's Mr. Body was now. <laughs> the, there's, there's, a, there's a movie that Ryan Reynolds is Josh's uh, man crush. He's man crush. he's on my list, and also his like alter ego. <laughs> He he what at work you know He's he got walks in. Laugh right there. That sounded like a Ryan. Ooh, yeah. ooh. This is okay. So so Greg he walks into work and he's like, I want to be Ryan Reynolds. He's like a totally different dude than he is sitting to me. He just you know I, just, just don't be Ryan Reynolds from waving. <laughs> That's and, exactly and what we'll he is. Okay, there's the problem. Yeah. Be so, him from any other movie and we'll all have our jobs. I gotta I, I, I gotta tell there, you buddy. I gotta tell you a story. All it out. So I think I think Greg knows the the other part of this. But so when I when I first started in the restaurant industry. I uh, I had I was 24. I had very little uh, experience working with people. I had been a security guard up to that point, and I worked nights. Uh, and I, on top of that, I was a homeschooled kid, yeah. and I went to a Christian college. I had zero personality. A little sheltered. You so know I mean? in order in order to be successful, I would walk into work every day and be like, "All right, I'm not Josh. I'm Ryan Reynolds." <laughs> okay, Ryan Reynolds. And no joke. Within three weeks of me starting my first serving job. Somebody said, "You know who you remind me of?" <laughs> no way. Is is that guy from Waiting, the weird one? <laughs> I'm like, "Please please be the guy in the kitchen." No, it's the guy with, like, the, no, it's with the guy no. with the bat wing. Yeah, 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 that's <laughs> what that's <laughs> it. You go, "No, no, no, no. Uh Ryan Reynolds, you know, the one who's leading him around." I go, "Oh, the 
douchebag who's in it. Pedophile? Yeah. I remind you of a pedophile. Awesome. Awesome. Well, not the pedophile, I, but, you know. Yeah. All right, so I dropped You're the like, word first. I don't first. know what was just his name, I swear to God. Like, I don't even fucking know I'm not Ryan Reynolds. So every, I'm every not other Ryan element, Reynolds in waiting. I every other element to that character I'm good with, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily want to be associated with that. But he's yeah. associated but, with the next, the new clue somehow, right? Yeah, he's 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 on um, what they call a first look contract, which uh, in Hollywood terms means um, he's basically precast. So within the within the duration of his contract, if they come up with a script, uh, they can offer it to him first. And he has gotcha. he has the right to be the first person cast or the first to refuse. And he doesn't. Okay, I didn't. Okay. So it's a three year contract that's up had, uh, next year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it it's, it, it goes through twenty twenty one. Was I don't know if you said it, somebody pulled out. But uh, Jason Bateman was supposed to direct. Okay. Um, offhand, I don't I don't know if there's uh, a given reason, but he was attached to it uh, a couple years back, and I want to say last yeah, year. Yeah, I remember seeing it. It came up, popped up in like twenty eighteen. I was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean reboot, reload, re? Yeah. So yeah, I'm interested to see. I mean, I think I think it would be a better hit, especially with. I mean, everybody knows Ryan Reynolds like the mm-hmm. most charismatic dude yeah. ever. So I mean, yeah. he'll he'll get play anyway. Well, and it's 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 curious that they're doing it now because uh, either last year or the year before that movie Knives Out came out, which is very much related to Clue in format. Um, that was last year. I think it was last okay. year. I haven't seen that one. Um. So it's another movie, star-studded cast, like Chris Evans is in it, um, and it's it's a it's kind of a blend of Clue and an Agatha Christie movie, huh. which so, is if you could say Clue's a parody of anything. It's an Agatha Christie right, story, right. yeah. But it's really just the the, the so board it, game. it's it, the the uh, the mystery of it is amped up more than Clue, and it's it's got more misdirection, more like an Agatha Christie, um, but it's got the antics of a Clue. And that movie was super successful. Now, that could either mean Clue is going to be really successful, or it could mean that people might not want another movie like that so soon. Serious question? Mm-hmm. Who would play Yvette? That is a really good question. <laughs> That's not, I mean... Okay, so let's, let's do that. Dream, dream casting for all these characters. So, if Ryan Reynolds is Wadsworth, who's, who's your pick for Yvette? Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson? I can get down with that. I mean, I could get down with that too, and I feel like anybody else I'd say would be like in that age range. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, are, I don't know. It'll probably be like some like Instagram model. I feel or like, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Give her yeah. a big break. Yeah, I, she she's also had uh, a little bit of of uh, backlash in the recent years, and, and a role like that might do her some good. Yeah, you know, get her get her feet planted back. I'm gonna in, say in right her. now, I think clue. I think whoever like wants to fucking touch that. In general, after mm-hmm. it being the game, mm-hmm. and like you said, how the book is like a rare thing, and then the movie's so hit or miss, it's like with today's productions, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be dope. Yeah. I don't think yeah, there's gonna be some, I don't think there's gonna be any gimmicks to it. It almost, I has think to they be make, really I think they're good. gonna make it a legit mystery movie. Really? And if I'm wrong, I, I, could, okay. I, I hope that's see from like a business standpoint. Yeah. Board, board no, yeah, stuff. I hope it's not just like we would picture Ryan Reynolds like Van Wilder goofing mm-hmm. no, off the whole no. fucking time. I, I think he's, he's gonna, a good actor too. I think I, I, I hope and I, 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 I'm not the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan, yeah. but him if 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 he's in that playing Wadsworth, 
and it's like he would do a good job. I, yeah, man. My favorite, my favorite role he did was uh, Amityville Horror. You know what okay. I yeah. mean? Well, think like, about like Deadpool meets that, and that's why. Yeah, I'm but I mean, it's yeah, like absolutely. Like, like I like I'm giving I like I'm I'm being really optimistic. That's gonna be a great movie because I know comedians, especially like that Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. genre or whatever, is, is like they can be the best actors for horror movies mm-hmm. or for mysteries or for dramas. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Jim Carrey was Ace Ventura in every role. And yeah, 23 no. mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, dude, who are you? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. well, Ryan they, Reynolds in that Amityville? It's like... Yeah. No, they I'm say like, comedians damn. make the best overall actors anyway because they play so many roles. So, and many, they range so many voices. Of, ranges of so emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, look at Robin Williams, like Patch Adams yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, they're... That's well, he was he was in, in a in a, said a thriller in, too, wasn't in he? Much much better way than that. <laughs> yeah. The Robin Williams, he was in a thriller where he was the the villain. Oh yeah, I it was a picture, like? uh, picture booth or something like that. Picture one hour shot. photo. One hour photo. One hour yeah, photo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was it. Ah, that that's kind of shitty actually, but but I mean he was he was still yeah. able to pull off the yeah. role. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so it, dude, he played off a fucking point. thirty or a forty five year old six year old in jazz. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So that's a range of sad. fucking. Uh, He's done a lot of really sad. Rest movies. in peace. Hey, yeah. Rest in peace. This, this one's dark and stormy is for the for all those suffering out there. It's real, folks. Take care of your people. So, on top of there being a a remake in in play, there's also a documentary that's being produced, and that's I'm probably more excited about the documentary. A documentary about uh, the original Clue. Oh, so like behind and the scenes and they've, like, yeah, behind the scenes stuff. And is they, Tim Curry still alive? T- yeah. Okay. So he he had a he had a stroke a couple years back, so he's kind of he, he's wheelchair bound, okay. I think. But yeah, he's still he's still out and still out and about, still still kicking. So he's wheelchair bound. Well, maybe not kicking. He's punching. <laughs> he's still punching. Sorry, um, a bad joke. <laughs> but I just got done saying take care of your people. <laughs> but I I think. A documentary about the making of that movie would be would be fascinating because even the behind the scenes stuff that we're able to find now is is fun. Yeah, like I'm gonna just, look it up. I know we said we were getting all these guys mixed up, but the two directors or the director and then the guy who took over, one of them did Thriller. Really? Oh, oh, oh yes. Um, yeah. Shit, Landis. I'm pretty sure. I think it was Landis. Landis. Like the MJ. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Dang. The Vincent Price. Oh. Yeah, my, my son was John in that music video. <laughs> Old Vinny, popping it off as a zombie. Look, it, his credits, his director, but he's comedian, screen screenwriter, actor, and producer. Mm-hmm. But director, you know, because he got Clue, he got thrown on Clue. Right. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's cool. That's a cool little tidbit. So overall, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> 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 You guys can't see right now, but Greg's doing the full thriller dance. He's doing the full thing right now. He just hired a flash mob or some shit because there's like 30, 50 people behind there. And everybody knows all the moves. It's, I know, crazy. it's crazy. Everybody knows all the moves. Here, all look, the time. That's your man. That's your man and MJ. Yeah. Wow, okay. In a couple like, weeks, was, when we a... got the projector set up, I'm not going to have to hold my phone in the air like this, but that's your man right there. Yeah. He looks so, like he ran a coke ring. Sounds like we're winding down a little bit, but we do have one more uh, one more ad to plug before we're done here. <laughs> ding dongs are a delicious way to spend an afternoon. A vote for Josh Price is a vote for ding dongs in every home. This message has not been paid for by Ding Dong Doctors of America for Josh Price for Ding Dong Foundation, also known as D D D A F J P P D D F. 
DDDAFJPPDDF is an equal opportunity employer. All agents are qualified by the FDIC, OPCD, ABCs, and 123s. No recordings of the broadcast may be made without the express permissions of Minor League Baseball or its affiliate, Tacos, Tacos, Tacos. Ding, ding, dong. <laughs> so overall... I love this movie. Yeah. I feel like I shouldn't love this movie. But <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like... It confused me for a lot of years. Like when I was a yeah. kid, I was like, "What? What is this movie?" Like, like, there's now so it's many. Like, I love it. You know what I mean? I, I go back and it's like, yeah, you didn't fully understand the nuances in the in the in the talk and, and this, it, that, and the other. And what was it going brought on. me back to a time where I would like start asking myself those questions about movies. I think I think that was the first time my brain was like asking what's really going on, like in a sense of directing on? and producing and actors being there, mm-hmm. and like blew my mind recently when I found out that the set was. Not, yeah. a, not a mansion, yeah. not a house, but was an actual an, yeah. built set. Then it's like, just from like a builder's mind or a producer's mind, it, I, I love it. Because you know it's mean? an immaculate love, yeah, set. It's immaculate. Mm-hmm. I love the movie. It's you, beautiful. Not one time do you think this isn't a mansion. Right. What's, what right. did you say this, this was? 85? 85. Okay. But it takes place in... Uh, 54. 50? Yeah, so... Yeah, 1954. Yeah. So... So that, there's one thing that kind of... I don't know if there's a... One thing that stuck out to me about one of the endings is when Miss when Peacock was mm-hmm. the was the overall killer and she went out to the car. She was the only one that left, you know, mm-hmm. the mansion and she's like, Peace out guys, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then uh the detective, the police or the FBI guy or whatever, mm-hmm. um, he pops up and he's holding like a, a comic book, it seems. Like and he's got it in front of his face and he just goes like Well Miss Peacock and then all the lights show on It's a throwback. And, I, was, to, I, don't, I don't know if there's any relevance to that, but it looked like there was like a, it was a like a tip of the hat to something there. It's, it's a it's a it's a it's a callback joke. So he he actually rings the rings the doorbell and he he pretends to be uh, uh, like an evangelist, a door to door evangelist, mm. and he he says something along the lines of, uh, uh, "Do you know your time is short? Do, short? do you know do you know that do you know that you Trip know the end short. is coming?" And you think it's a reference to the end of the movie, mm-hmm. like being that close to the end of the story. But then every time he shows up, he's the chief. Yeah. The chief, he's the yeah. guy that brings an end to everything. And so as far as do- people at the door, you know, seeing tele- mm-hmm. Telegram, what, what role do you think that she served in that? Was that just like a wild card or was that the, a... The Telegram specifically, I think, is... that was out of place. Or the, yeah, it, I, I think... It was just a break up. It, it, it's, the it, there's, a, there's building tension up to that moment. Just a and then the relief. doorbell rings. It's like, like a, it's like a fantastic comic relief. For yeah, because no they just shoot like, her immediately. Hey, a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> who does that? Like, Peacock? Or, no, Scarlet? Scarlet. Yeah, I, I can't even remember yeah, off the top of my head who shoots See, her. I know the freaking there's, movie. There's yeah, one, they, had a, they had a lot of those little, those little nods. Like there's, uh, there's a point right after dinner. Where Wadsworth says that he's called the police, and there's only like 37 minutes before the police arrive, <laughs> and then it's almost exactly 37 minutes mm-hmm. until the until you get to the first ending, like the beginning of the mm-hmm. first ending. I don't know if it was the first or second ending, but like they all storm the door and they don't even like talk to anybody. They just go throughout the <laughs> ranch. They, just, right. they run past everyone and go like they to do other that rooms. in the and, first and one the and the last one. Okay. Like peacocks, they they storm her when she's outside. outside the lights but in the there. first one, they just hut 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 yeah, hut yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. And then in the in Running the last one, Shasti's favorite <laughs> yeah, moment of the movie is everybody marches in and Mr. Green's like, "All right, case closed. I'm gonna go home and have sex with my wife." <laughs> and then it just freezes. <laughs> well, 
Case closed. Indeed. Indeed. I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. <laughs> I'm going to go home and not have sex with Great your wife. wife. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Glad we talked this over. That's in the clear. So again, dark and stormies go well with Clue. Indeed. And uh, Shasi will tell you that. And while, uh, while Shasi's, Shasi's bringing up the... Uh, Bringing up the end, end credits. Uh, today we were using uh, Cruisin's black strap strap rum. Uh, black strap. Black strap. Mm. Uh, Gosling's ginger beer, and then just run of the mill lime juice. Um, you were let's using do some, freshies. Let's. No, no, I didn't have the time. Not worth the freshies. Or the energy. Let's talk plugs. Greg, you claim to be on Twitter. I'm sort of there, you know. I don't really use it too often, you know. But Big Splash One Seven, that's Big Splash Seventeen at Twitter. Holla! You can find me at the Price is Right Three One Two. That's R I G H T on Twitter. Uh, you can find our other podcasts on probably wherever you're listening to this now, but Spotify, be out there uh, now, Stitcher, a few other few other big names uh, under The Price is Right. That's W-R-I-T-E. We also have a website, uh, thepriceisright.com, where we talk about uh, storytelling uh, and all the elements thereof. Because, Josh, didn't you write a book? Book, book. Shit, I wrote a book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am the author of the novel Reaper. It is the first in uh, the Gatekeeper series. It is a young adult fantasy. Um, we have it online on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you get your books online, uh, in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. And next year, we're looking at having an audiobook. I'm also hoping to get the, uh, the second book in the series published in the next year or two. Awesome, awesome. Sounds like you got a lot of good stuff in play there, man. Absolutely, absolutely. And to throw it to the master of the mix, where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter, wiling out in the comments section, <laughs> at Shasti Got Bands, B-A-N-D-Z. Uh, fuck it, I started using Instagram a lot more recently, so same, same handle, follow me there, too. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Hope you guys are having fun listening. Word. This has been Cocktail Cinema. Say goodbye.